There are many issues that plague youth. The church acts as a safe haven. It provides a place where youth can come together to hear the Word of God. Upper Room Media presents to you this Youth Talk, delivered from Sydney, Australia. So in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, I mean, so the topic that I was given, uh, it's, it all came tumbling down. And the verse is, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will like him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and they beat on the house and it did not fall, for it was founded on a rock. Matthew 7, 24 and 25. So, and the topic is really based upon, um, are we rattled when there's tribulation? Are we, uh, you know, if there's illnesses, there's broken relationships, there's loss of whatever, um, are we rattled? So, what I thought of to start off with is that, imagine first uh, of January, or this, this whole first week of January, um, and things went really bad for us, right? So, for example, um, uh, let's say you had a massive car accident, you uh, really hurt yourself playing soccer or playing basketball or whatever, netball, and you hurt your leg and you were in a cast for, for a whole week or maybe even longer. Um, you lost all this money, and you lost a job, you lost so much. But then comes the second week of January and for the whole year you had the best year ever. You had all sorts of success, all sorts of wonderful things that have happened, and one thing after the other, you got a better job, you got a better car, you, everything was so good. And then you look back and someone says to you, hey, how about that January, first week of January? At the end of the year, someone says to you, how, how, what did you think? What do you think is going to be the reaction compared to the fact that this first week of January was so bad, the rest of 2024 was fantastic, even 25 was even better, and, and so on. So when, when that happens, usually we wouldn't really look at the problem that we had at the beginning of the year, we would focus more on the good that have happened. And this is the same in our spiritual life and when things happen in our life generally that can shake us. But when we look at our life, our life here on earth is that first week. Our life forever in heaven is the rest of the year and forever and ever and ever. So when things don't go so well in our life, it's only a short period of time. And then we will then live forever and ever. So the house that's built on a rock. So first of all, what is the rock? Who is the rock? In 1 Samuel 2, 2, it says, There's no one only holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. So the rock is God. Psalm 18, verse 2, it says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock and I will take refuge. So the rock is the Lord. For who is God beside the Lord and who is the rock except our God? Psalm 1831. So, um, and so really, truly, in even Psalm 62, verse 2, the truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. So if he's the rock, how can I be shaken? Let me just start off with a quick demo. He's the smallest guy that we have here. Andrew, no, no, we need someone smaller, anyone? Like tiny, tiny. I was not going to pick on the girls, pick on the guys. Who are you pointing to? Come, 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 come,
Okay, press him and face the, uh, the other way. Okay, yeah, face here, yeah, face, face him. Yeah, come and go that way. Okay, now, this is most of us in life, and there's, we're going really quite well, and then a tribulation comes, and the tribulation pushes us. <laughs> yeah. Look at this, he's got shaken, okay? He got shaken. Okay, now, what happens is we need a rock. We need a rock. Who's the rock? We need a rock. So obviously, we, uh, a rock is bigger. Okay, Phil, you know what you have to do. I've already uh, given you a, a heads up. Ready? He's going to lift you up. He's going to put you on his shoulder. Ready? Go on your shoulder. Yeah. Jump on top of my shoulder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Legs and everything. That's it. Okay. Now. Alright, ready Chris? So tribulations will come, but now we've got the rock. Okay? Yeah, ready? Go. <laughs> Try to push him, But look, he's not moved much. You know what it is. Look at that, the rock is actually helping out. The rock. Okay, so we, but sometimes tribulation will actually get more and more. So it's not just a bit of tribulation. Who, who, anyone want to help Chris out? Anyone want to help Chris out? A bit more tribulation. Andrew, do you want to help him out? Or Andrew, one of you guys. Michael, Michael, not Michael, Michael. That's a lot of tribulation. Okay, but you, know, you get what I'm saying. So um, thanks guys for go down. We can stay like this if you want for the rest of the talk. So, you know, depending on the size of the tribulation, Depending on the size of the tribulation will depend on the size of the rock that you need. God is the rock, but it depends on how much of God you have in your life, whether or not you're able to deal with the tribulation. Tribulations will come. It's a promise from God. God had said, in this world, you're going to have a honky-dory time. Nothing's going to go wrong. Everything is going to be fine. And you don't even have to rely on me. Is that what he said? No. God said, in this world, you will have tribulation but be of good cheer i have overcome the world so the secret is not i that you can overcome the world the secret is is he your rock is he your foundation if he's your rock and he's your foundation and you're on top of him you are like unshaken you're not shaken by anything tribulations will come and will go First Corinthians ten four it says and he um and he drank the same spirit drink from it they drank from the spirit the rock okay unshaken by two things i believe that there's two key things that help us to be unshaken the first is faith and the second one is peace who's the king of peace start with the second one who's the king of peace we say at the end of the mass of one stands at the end of the mass and says oh king of peace grant us your peace establish for us your peace okay and we um so when you have more god in your life you're going to have more peace in your life even throughout the tribulation even throughout the tribulation so the tribulations will come and if you have faith and peace but i, I really believe that peace is one of those key things um keep um i keep my eyes always on the lord with him all the right hand i will not be shaken cast your cares on the lord and he will sustain you and he'll never you'll never let the righteous be shaken let the righteous be shaken psalm 55 22 so um there's going to be things that will rattle us but will they shake us so remember there's two things is faith and peace what faith do i need to have 
What faith do I need to have? I need to have faith that the Lord and trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord that although the tribulations will come and the tribulations will be that for a short period of time, yes, they will affect me, but I have peace with God. I have faith in God and I have peace in God. So, um, you know, in the Mass we say, um, grant us your peace until the end. Grant us your peace until the end. We, we're always asking for the peace of the Lord. We're asking for, for to have faith in the Lord. Because if you try and do life on your own, you're walking life without having your rock with you. If you're walking without the rock with you, you can easily be shaken. As soon as something bad happens, you start blaming God. How many of us have done that? I, I think that it's so easy. As soon as something goes wrong, we start saying, God doesn't love me. God doesn't care. I don't have faith in God. Why does God doesn't exist? If God exists, why are people starving in the world? Why? Because God has given us free will. God has given us free will. And it's our free will. So if you think about it, just that example of why people are starving in the world. There is actually enough food produced in the world to have 1.5 people in the world fed. Okay? So um, 1.5, like an extra 50% food available so that everyone is fed and there's still 50% left of food. But why, why are people starving? Because of greed. We have greed. We, we have this greed. Um, one of the families that you guys might have heard about so well um, is the Abdullah family. Um, if you heard uh, about in 2011, the kids went out to get ice cream and as they were walking, um, they got hit by a car. Three of them died and a cousin. Okay, this was in Parramatta. And, and the family has actually started a whole campaign called Forgiven. And they forgave the person that did that. Although the person has got sentenced and was put into jail, uh, but they forgave that person. But what, what it was quite amazing to hear about is uh, one of the people that confesses with me goes to school with one of the girls that died. And she came to me and she said, I can't believe the amount of faith and love and peace that is in the family. Because she went and visited the family after they died. And she went to the house and after the kids had died, three kids from the same family and the cousin, four kids, dead because of this one person. So is, is it God or is it this one person that was driving recklessly and causes people to die? It was one person with his free choice to drive carelessly and to kill these four people. But on the other side of it, how much faith does this family have? How much peace and joy do they have? And how much do they forgave? They actually, the mother's pregnant again. And I think they're, they're about to give birth again. So they came to school, and I missed out on their talk. But the, the person that I was telling you about that confesses with me says she went to the house and she spent, she had dinner with them after the death. And um, she said they have a lot of faith in God. They have faith. So the key for them through this tribulation is that they believe in God and they believe in the resurrection. And they believe that although their three kids are dead, that they will be, they will be in heaven, and they also have a lot of peace in the house. The, the house is full of peace, so they're not, they're not so much upset about the situation. Of course, they are upset about their kids, but they have faith and they have peace. So, in First um, Thessalonians chapter three, verse twenty-four, he says, "He went to Timothy, who's our brother and co-worker in God's service, in, in spreading the gospel of Christ and strengthening and encouraging you in faith, so that no one would." Be unsettled by the, these trials. You can be unsettled with trials, but because of the gospel of Christ, 
for you know quite well that we are this distant distant from them or, or, or indeed actually we actually ordained away from these trials um, so we, 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 we need to endure hardship like a soldier we need to endure hardship like a, jo- a soldier so join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ 2 Timothy 2 3 so how does a, a, a good soldier treat the situation well first of all what makes a good soldier what do you reckon is some of the characteristics of a good soldier? If you anyone ever joined army reserves or anyone done any training in the army perspective, no. Okay, um, but what do you guys think is some of the things that are key for a good soldier? Can they wake up at say nine o'clock every morning? No, wake up at six o'clock. Can they eat any junk that they is put in front of them? No, they're going to eat the right food. Can they miss out on exercise? Can they stop exercising? No, they're going to eat. They're going to exercise at the right time. Can they um, forget about training? Any part of their training? No, they have to train, and they have to train every day. They can't train one day and then not train the next day. So, if I need to deal with trials with faith, with love, and like a soldier, so how do I treat my life as a soldier? So in, in, in being a good soldier from a spiritual perspective, can I wake up any time, pray at any time, read anything, um, listen to any sermon, whatever happens, happens, happy, go lucky, hey, you can have, you can have at any time, so that I haven't got a discipline in when it comes to my spiritual life. Because a lot of us do that. A lot of us say, well, you know, today I will do this, tomorrow I will do that, and the day after I will do something different. I keep trying different things. Yes, it's good to try different things and to try something different in your spiritual life, but you have to have a discipline in your spiritual life the same way like a soldier. So you need to, for example, if you're going to um, pray early in the morning, 6 o'clock, I'm going to pray my Ambea. Uh, at um, uh, 8 o'clock before I go to uni, I'm going to do the third hour. Um, I'm going to read two chapters, two chapters in the morning before I go to university or before I go to work. At night when I come home or during lunchtime, I'm going to go for a walk and listen to 15 minutes of the um, of a sermon or from or from a mass um, during my lunch break. If I have a, a free hour during the day, I'm going to pray this. So you, you set yourself a timetable like a good soldier, and that's very important when it comes to you. Building your spiritual life. To build your spiritual life, you need to be disciplined like a soldier. Set some times. And that will help when it comes to tribulation. As soon as tribulations will come, I have faith in the Lord. I have peace of the Lord. I have discipline. I've been disciplined enough to be able to train myself so that I can actually have this discipline. Is discipline important? Um, So, you know, a lot of people want to get to a spiritual high. Who here doesn't want to be fruitful in their spiritual life? Anyone here doesn't want to be fruitful in their spiritual life? We all want to be fruitful in our spiritual life. But how do I go about it? Do you reckon um, a tree, when a tree is first planted in the ground, imagine this, a nice tree that is planted in the ground, and like a week later, this massive big fruit starts growing on the tree. What will happen to the tree? What do you reckon will happen in the tree? The tree just grew, it's a small tree, and all of a sudden this beautiful fruit come out. What do you think is gonna to happen to the tree? It will collapse, why? There's no roots, there's no roots. 
So when it comes to tribulation and when it comes to spiritual life, where is your roots? What have you done to put your roots down as a strong tree so that you can eventually have fruit? A lot of us want to go from zero to 100 in our spiritual life without doing the time that is needed to be disciplined like a soldier. So don't ever think of yourself that I can go from zero to 100 in my spiritual life. Build your spiritual life, build your roots. How? How do I build my roots? And it's that discipline. Year after year after year after year in your life, as you grow, you, you're, you're reading your Bible on a yearly basis. You're praying on a daily basis. You're having a confession on a monthly basis. You're um, attending as many masses as you can. You can. You're having as much communion as you can. All of a sudden, you're, you're rooted well in the ground. Then you're going to see fruit. Don't expect fruit from day one. A lot of us give up on God because we, as soon as um, something happens and the fruit is shaken off, the fruit that I've produced, I've, let's say I've produced a little bit of fruit after a year, and something happens and a, a, a tribulation happened, and I'm shaken and I lose the fruit. I'm no longer fruitful in my spiritual life. Then I start blaming God. No, that's not true. You haven't rooted yourself enough not to be shaken. So the faith, love, and peace enjoy and having having strong roots are key and very important when it comes to your spiritual life okay so um they they wake up at a certain time they exercise at the right time they eat the right food they train themselves and they they have discipline in their life um so if you endure you will also reign with him and if you uh, if you we disown him he will also disown us so if we endure, we'll reign with him. And if we, if we disown God, because this is a lot of things, a lot of common things that people do as soon as there's tribulation, they say, I'm, I don't believe in God anymore. God, God is not on my, on my side anymore. God has left me. How, how often do we hear this? And, you know, um, people have tribulation in their life and then they say it's God's fault. That family that I was telling you about, that family could have said that. Um, it's God's fault. We've lost three of our kids. We've lost our cousin. It's God's fault. No, it's not God's fault. It's someone else's fault. So there's going to be problems. Problems will happen, but we have to look at how we deal with them. Um, keep us in your faith and grant us your peace until the end. So how can we accomplish faith and peace? Um, and I think the key is to draw nearer to God. A lot of us, when we're far away from God... Um, have no faith and no peace, and they're the two things that I need to to be able to um, to be to deal with the tribulation. The more peace, the more that you uh, the more peace that you need, the more you need to draw to, closer to God. Uh, we often lack faith and peace, and we seek answers in people and not from God. We, you know, as soon as a, a problem happens, um, the first thing we do is we ring someone who's a friend. I'm not saying this is wrong. But what we do is we start asking them, how do I deal with this situation? How do I deal with this tribulation? Give, give me advice. But we don't often turn to God and say to God, this is the tribulation that I'm going through. I need your help. I need you to, to give me peace. I need you to, to find a solution. I need, I'm relying more on God. Um, you know, I was listening to um, one of the people that I really like listening to is Joyce Meyer. I don't know if anyone heard her speak uh, often or not, but she's a... Uh, an American preacher, and she was talking about her tribulation. And what, uh, one of the things that she said outright was that as a, a, a young girl, she was abused by her dad, sexually abused by her dad when she was a young child. 
and uh, at nine years old, she turned to Christ and she was praying that God would take her, her father away, like for him to die. But she said that was completely wrong. Um, when she's now in her 70s and she's, she's reflecting back on her life and she's saying throughout that tribulation, the thing, and she went to her mum and her mum didn't give her any support. And she's saying that although this was a really difficult time in her life, she's saying now that because she can speak about this and be an advocate against um, sexual assaults against uh, girls at that age, that she's actually using what happened to her in her life previously to be able to help others in their life and, and their tribulation. But uh, during that time, it was a very difficult time for her because she had no support. She couldn't turn to her dad, and dad was sexually assaulting her. Her mum didn't support her. She couldn't go to anyone at school at that time, 60, 70 years ago. There was no way that the, it would be, she would have the support that she, someone like that would have now. But she, she's become an advocate. She's become an advocate for people against this. So, you know, you were singing about um, the boat and how the boat gets tossed about. And one of the other big problems is during tribulation is where is God in your life? Remember, if, if there's no faith, there's no peace, there's no relying on God. So where is God in your boat? You've got to examine in your boat, where is God? Is he fast asleep or is he, is he awake? Because if he's awake, he's going to calm down the situation. As soon as God was awake, he was then able to calm down the situation. But if God is fast asleep with your boat and you're sailing through life and God is better and you can end for you out, and there's no, God is not awake in your life. So you've got to keep God awake in your life so that you can deal with the tribulation. Um, in Psalm 73, this psalm is beautiful because it's not written by David, uh, but it says, Surely God is God of Israel to those who are impure in heart. But those, as for me, my feet had almost slipped. He slipped. Okay, I had nearly lost my foothold. Okay, all day long I've been afflicted and every morning brings me new punishment. When I tried to understand all these things, it troubled me deeply. So he was in, yeah, he, one thing after they happened, obviously his heart is not a pure, he's not, um, he's not, he's slipped, he's lost his foothold, he, he's been afflicted and um, everything is new punishment for him. But he says in verse 17, and if you want to keep this verse with you, till I entered the sanctuary of the Lord. When did things start changing for him? When things started changing for him when he entered into the sanctuary of the Lord. So two folds with this. Obviously, the sanctuary of the Lord can be inside your room. When you, when you go into your room and you close your door and you pray to your Father who is in heaven, and this is your sanctuary and you are with God and God will support you and God will help you and he will help you deal with the situation. You become more rooted with the Lord, you're like a strong tree. You can handle the problem. You're not shaking anymore. But the other place where you can enter into the sanctuary of the Lord is in the church. In the mass, in the liturgy, when you have communion. So, as I encourage you to pray frequently in the mass, to have communion frequently, because this is where God unites with you, and you enter into His sanctuary, and you enter into heaven. Every time we pray, we're actually going to heaven, because God had promised that He will come twice. He came and He was born, and then He was coming again, the second coming. So what happens every time we go to the Mass? Today we break the Mass. And when I stood here and he said again, let us give thanks to Almighty God for he has made us worthy to stand in this holy place, to raise our hands and to serve his holy name. Isn't that what I would have said? 
where's this holy place? Is the holy place here at Stanmore Tops? Was it at Arncliffe? Is it at Bexley? Where's the holy place? Was it in Egypt where we prayed masses in Egypt? Where, where is the holy place? Where do we go to have communion? We actually go to heaven. Every time you have communion, you're actually going to heaven, having communion and coming back. So if you're having communion in heaven, why, why are you going to have this tribulation? Well, how will the tribulation affect you? Because you're, you've got a strong connection with God. So enter into the sanctuary of God. Gain and maintain the presence of God in his sanctuary. Always, always, always have your own prayer time at home. Always, always attend as many times as you can in, in the sanctuary of the Lord in the church. Um, so, you know, the, from the very first beginning, did God create anything evil? Genesis, first chapter, what did it say? God created evil? Did God create evil? Was there evil from in the things that he created? What did he say? All things were good. Very good. So God created everything that's good. So where did evil come from? Evil came from the devil. And also comes from me when I choose the devil. Um, so men need, um, men need to understand that the God himself has not created evil. No, nothing is evil. He can't produce evil. So... Uh, in Romans 8.28 it says, And we know that all things um, uh, God works for the good of those who love him, uh, being called according to his purpose. Okay, so, but what he can do is he can use the evil that happens to draw people closer to him. So when evil does happen, we, it, it can be used to draw. Godly sorrow brings repentance. Godly sorrow, when, when you're sorrowful, and something bad has happened and you're a little bit shaken, it can help you to repent. I wonder how many people have repented because of the Abdullah family. I wonder how many people saw what happened to them and repented and forgave someone. You know, one of the hardest things we, we deal with um, a lot of divorced couples in the St. Joseph's group and one of the hardest things for people to do is to pray for their spouse that they divorced. Okay, or that they've been separated from. But when they get to that point where they can pray for them and they can have peace with it and they can have uh, understand that this is past and something that's happening that they can move on from, then they have these, um, you know, the, this unshaken hope and faith in God. But um, to get to get to that point, the key is to to repent, to repent. So. Um, we, it can help us when we, um, God can use this bad tribulation to discipline us. So, um, but uh, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about, as in the day, to save many people's life. This is from Genesis 50, verse 20. Um, so, don't forget, don't forget the key to. Tribulation, the key to uh, having things that can shake us is the rock, like we did at the first at the beginning. Where is the rock in your life? Always examine, don't, don't focus so much on the tribulation, focus more on where is my rock. And a lot of people, when they come to confess about their sins, I really believe in an aspect that when we grow in the knowledge and understanding of God, and God is more present in my life, and I'm not just. Um, going through life with five minutes a day with God and I have a, a strong 
um, you know, discipline when it comes to being a soldier in, 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 my, in my relationship with God, then I can overcome the sin. But without that, I think we're, we're trying to, to do something that's impossible. Um, any questions so far? Because I've got, I've got people that are ready to answer. So as I said to you, a tree that's not well-rooted, okay, it's not going to bring fruit. If it does bring fruit, the fruit will fall. And um, it, just to finish off, I want you to read with me Isaiah 61.7. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honour. And instead of your confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Ever, everlasting joy shall be theirs. So who of us doesn't want double? Who of us doesn't want double? If I'm going to be, if there's something that happens in my life that, and I, I'm being punished or I feel that I'm being punished, always remember that you're going to have double in your life in the future, right? Double of, of joy, double of peace. Don't focus uh, on the actual tribulation. Know that tribulation is only the first week of a, of a lifelong commitment with God. Anyone got questions? No questions? So, what? Okay, give me some points that can help you through tribulation. What is the first thing that we talked about that can help us through tribulation? Ah, strong foundation. Yeah, rooted, well rooted, not 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 shaken. Yeah, the rock. Have God as your rock. Climb on top of the rock. Look for if, if the more tribulation comes, the more you're going to make the rock present in your life. Okay, if the rock is not present in your life, you're going to be easily shaken. You're going to be pushed around by the tribulation. Tribulation is going to rattle you. You'll be shaken. But with the rock in your life, and the stronger the rock is in your life, and the stronger God's presence is in your life, the more you'll be unshaken. What else? Try and find what in, in this tribulation. Try and find what in tribulation. Starts with P. Peace. Yeah, try and look for peace. And we always remember that the God wants you to have peace. Um, in, in the Bible it says, seek peace and pursue it. Look for peace. Look for peaceful ways. A lot of people fight about the silliest things. Uh, I've, I've seen families fight over money, fight over uh, other things that are really silly. But when you're looking for a peaceful solution, it makes it so much easier. What else? What else can you take home and keep in your mind throughout the tribulation? Can I learn from the tribulation? Yeah, we, let's learn from the tribulation. It could be used for my discipline. It could be used to bring me closer to God. Tribulations are not a bad thing. Okay? What else can we, we learn from, from this? What, other, what, what can you take home about uh, tribulations and being unshaken? Can, can you be easily shaken? If you if you really if you're in the sanctuary of the God of God, enter into the sanctuary of God. Whenever you find tribulation, run to the altar. Put your prayer on the altar. As soon as there's tribulation in your life, run to God and put it on the altar. I love very much that when you see the altar full of papers and there's people's prayers on, on the altar. I was cheating with a woman, I was still on science, and I said to him, so how many times, how many of these problems have you solved? And he turned around and said to me, none. I said to him, what do you mean? He goes, he solves. So, you know, when we rely on God, 
God is the one that can solve the problem. The altar. Run to the altar. As soon as there's a problem in your life, don't try and deal with the problem on your own. Send it to the altar and God will, will help you with the problem. We've seen this many times over and over again where there's a problem or there's a, an illness or there's something that's happening in people's life and they put it on the altar and all of a sudden the sanctuary of the Lord and being in, in His presence gets rid of the problem, resolves part of the problem, resolves the whole problem. What else can you take home from here? Anything else? And what about being an advocate? If something that does happen in your life, like the Abdullah family or like Joyce Meyer, then you can be an advocate. So they, they, they turn this bad situation into something that's good. So they turn losing their kids into a whole uh, promotion of forgiving. And Joyce Meyer is now an advocate for people, women that are being abused. So never think of it um, as something that is going to destroy you, but something that you can use. And the final thing that I think is always remember that it will pass. It will pass. It's the first week. It's the first week only. It's the first week of tribulation. But after that, there's no tribulation. If eye has not seen nor ears heard the things that the Lord has prepared to those who love Him. So heaven, there's no more illnesses, there's no more sicknesses, there's no more disease, there's no more breaking uh, your foot, there's no more um, illnesses in heaven. So something to look forward to. Yes, our life could be full of tribulation, it could be full of problems, but we have to rely on, on God. So God is a rewarder, not a punisher. He will double, he will, double, um, uh, he will reward you double for your trouble. And glory be to his name forever and ever. I mean, unless you've got questions, of course, because we've got a Buna Elijah ready to answer questions. You have to come up with at least one question, two questions, one for a Buna Elijah and one for David. Okay, because uh, David is ready to answer a question. Who's got a question? Yes, there you go. Abuna Elijah, your first question. I was speaking about um, tribulation being a kind of repentance. How can we stay focused on Okay, he's saying that um, we're, uh, we're, no, no, I want to give you the question. Yeah. Um, when, when, when you go through tribulation, there can be a cause for repentance. What about if there's no tribulation, how can you focus on repentance? Um, So we always have to live a life of repentance, um, and I think one of the enemies of repentance is comparing myself to other people, because then I might see somebody and say, oh, well, I would never do what he said, or I would never say what she said, and then we start to become blind to our own shortcomings. Whereas if we're constantly in the presence of God, and one thing which I want to say that really touched me is to be like a soldier in prayer. Um, then when I stay in His presence and in His glory, then I can't help but feel repentant when I'm reading the Word of God and I see the faith of Abraham leaving everything, leaving his country, just, you know, and going. And then I see my lack of faith. I can't help but, you know, feel like I need to repent. So when we're really in the presence of God in prayer and really devouring the Word of God, and then we can't help but um, be repentant. So let's, let's really listen to our honor when he says to be soldiers and be warriors in prayer. Um, 
Because we flake. Right? Don't be a flake in your spiritual life. Do people still say flake or is it, is it moves quickly now? Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. Yeah. Right? Don't be a flake like, as soon as there's like, you know, you don't want to be that friend. Oh, let's go out. Oh, let's go, let's go to rain. No. No, I don't want to go out. Oh, it's too hot, it's too cold, too tired. Don't be a flake, right? Don't be a flake of God. Like, I'm, I'm going to be a warrior. I'm going to, I'm going to, nothing's going to stop me. Six o'clock in the morning, like I said. And if I'm tired and if I feel, you know, those periods when no one's listening, you know, I'm just going to be a soldier. Uh, we have that tenacity in prayer. Um, you know, like Jacob had wrestling with God. Then it must be uh, an outcome. So, thanks a lot for, for that image that you gave us today. Okay, another question. We have, we've got David as well, he's got to answer a question. I promise them that they're going to participate. I'll, I'll give you a, a quick psalm that I didn't mention. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So when you keep that psalm in your mind, uh, they, uh, they, God has promised. Why did God promise that there's going to be so much trouble and so much affliction in our life? Maybe David will answer that question. From me, if no, and is anyone got any questions? Yeah, we've got to get, be saved by him and go and today. Um, when it's like a follow up, when we have a tribulation, it's more likely for us to be broken and come down for God. But if, like right now, I'm not necessarily going through something tough in my life. How can I be broken and from God so that He's needs me and I need to?
is working somewhere rural and they have the best chicken farming. If anyone's in Bauru, um, I'm not joking, yeah. like it's only maybe an hour drive from Sydney, it's really good, it's worth it. There's a restaurant there, it's the best chicken farm you've ever had. So the other day, I know my dad loves food, so I thought I hadn't spoken to him in a few days, I called him just to ask, or just to tell him actually about my farming. Um, and he was over the moon. I think sometimes, like with our relationship with God, of course, God is happy to hear me call him at any time. Like, he's happy if it takes, you know, my tribulation for me to run back to him and call out to him. He's happy with that and he's near. But I think if we want to, like, the rejoicing of the Lord's heart, I think can come, like, like there's an Arabic phrase, it's Farah Albu. Like, you're glad in his heart when you call on the Lord just in your happiness, like in your good times. Um, because then it's a relationship rather than a vending machine. <laughs> then my dad will feel that, like I'm thinking about him not just when I need, but also when my, when my mind is free and my heart is happy, I still think about my dad. So I think maybe that's another option that, like use it as a chance to like spoil God. Like that's a gift I can give him. Is that even when I need, we always need, but even when I, it seems like I need nothing, I'm still thinking about you. I'm still asking about you. I still want to hear your voice. I can definitely vouch for uh, George, uh, David's dad, that he loves his food. So we've cooked many times together here. Um, but uh, the other thing that really touched me when, uh, when you were just talking now is Pope Corolos, during his time and his reign as the Pope, and he would uh, deal with problems, and when someone would bring a problem with him, to him, he would assign it to St. Mina or St. Mary and, and assign problems, and he would deal with things through prayer and obviously fasting and being close to God and tribulations that have happened throughout the time. But what he used to do when he used to go into his room at night was to spend time just talking to God about the chicken parmigiana. He would just spend time talking to him, just open dialogue with God. Try it. Try it. And next time you have so much on your mind, go into your room. Yes, pray, but then have open dialogue with him. The other thing that I think is very important is um, don't be an entry into the sanctuary of the Lord only when there's a problem. A lot of people, um, I remember years and years ago, Wednesday morning mass, it was only five to seven during Wednesday. There was no other five to seven. So we used to just leave it before I was a priest. And uh, people would come and go. And you would see people that were regulars that used to come all the time. But then there's people that are seasoned. Why? You would know that there's something going on in their life when there's a problem. They come and pray the five to seven and they're there for one, two, three weeks and that's it. And then you don't see them again. Don't, that's seasonal relying on God. You're trying to dispense something from God. It's a, it's a transactional relationship with God. It's not a, a loving relationship that I want to be in His presence. I just want to be with Him. I want to talk to Him. I want to, I want to have experience God. When, when, you, when you can pray and attend and enter into a sanctuary just to be with Him and to have stronger roots and to be well-rooted with God, then you will enjoy God, not just rely on Him when there's a problem. May God give us all together the ability to deal with the tribulation. 
the tribulation is going to pass. It's not going to be forever. It's a short period. And, and, and knowing that God has promised that there will be tribulation, God had promised. And when in this verse, in this last psalm that I just mentioned, it says, and the Lord will deliver him out of them all. Underline the word all. So God is not going to deliver you from five out of the ten tribulation. He will deliver you out of all your tribulation. But you have to rely on him. May God give us the ability to always rely on him and to turn to him and to have a strong relationship and for him to be solid as a rock in your life and not to rely on anything else. Don't rely on people. Don't rely on people to solve the problem. People will help, but God is the one that can ultimately help resolve the problem. Any final questions? Glory be to God for everything. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.